What up, motherfuckers? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Wicked 101. I'm your host, Defect, in this motherfucker. Can we get the audience round of applause, man? Come on. Where y'all at? We got a live studio audience tonight. Oh, man, it's going to be a great show tonight. I don't know if y'all motherfuckers are ready. We only got nine people watching. But look, for those that don't know, my name is Defect, and this is Wicked 101, where we school you on the wicked shit. And uh, history, sometimes it can be a history lesson. Sometimes it's going to be some up-and-coming bullshit, you know, some people, you know, some up-and-comers, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get up-and-comers on here, too. It's not going to be just history. But look, tonight we have a great fucking show for you. I got a couple notes. Let me let me pull my notes up real quick because uh, I don't think you guys are ready for this. I don't think the underground is ready for what's about to happen tonight. But look, so tonight we have legendary underground super producer Fritz the Cat in the motherfucking building. Can we get another round of applause? You guys, you guys got to be on this shit. We, you know, with a round of applause is needed. You just need to. Just, I don't. I shouldn't have to like tell you. Let's just, let's just get the round of applause going. Countless underground, count, just countless credits. He's got countless. I, I, I tried to count them. I couldn't count them. I ran out at like 305. I was like, this is pointless. I'm just going to say countless because there's a lot. Everything uh, ranging from ICP, Twisted, to underground people like myself, Ajax, Tally Demon, all kinds of, I mean, he's touched so much shit in the underground, right? This motherfucker has been around since the, since the underground wicked shit scene. It's about 2000, I don't think. Uh, and I think the first, probably even before that, motherfucker, you know, I think the first time he was appeared on a wicked shit album was Freak Show. If I'm not, I, I might be mistaken, but I think that was the first. Before that, though, motherfucker was, well, I'm just going to let him tell you about that shit. But look, he's currently... The primary engineer over Magic Ninja Entertainment, where he engineers for Twisted, Blaze, Boondocks, pretty much everybody that's going on over there, you know. Uh, but he also does shit for underground artists, too, you know, like myself. He just mastered the new Staples album. He's on the grind, man. This motherfucker, if you're going to pay him, he'll fucking do it, right? Yeah, he might be whack. He'll take the money. He doesn't give a fuck, right? So, look, we got a great show for you tonight, though. He brought his fucking guitars. He brought his bass. He brought a fucking... Whole, I wish you guys could see this. He brought like a whole <laughs> fucking rig. He's got a keyboard and a drum machine and a synthesizer and a fucking mixer. And it's all patched into my shit. I wish you guys could see it because I was going to go to Micro Center and buy a second camera so you guys could see it. But here's what happened. Detroit has been under a crazy, like a couple days ago, there was a big windstorm, right? And the windstorm knocked out power from here to Timbuktu. Luckily... This abandoned school was not affected, right? So luckily we have power here, thanks to Fritz running power from next door to the abandoned school. We have power here, so we were not affected. But I was trying to buy the camera and shit so we could hook it up so you could see what the fuck was going on when he's fucking with his shit. But unfortunately, they were closed because they're fucking out of power. What are you going to do? So y'all ain't going to really get to see that, I don't think. Maybe we'll find a way. I don't fucking know. But look, without further ado, let me get the motherfucker out here. Give a warm welcome to my homie, Magic Ninja Entertainment producer extraordinaire, underground super producer extraordinaire, 
There's probably a Grammy in there somewhere. He probably just didn't get credit for it. But look, give it up for Fritz the motherfucking cat. Hey, this motherfucker. Somebody said boo. Can we get security to kick out whoever said boo? That was me. Oh, that was you? That was you. I don't think they can hear you, man. You said you were going to give me 50 bucks, I think. I still can't hear you, man. Is your mic on? My mic's on, but I can hear me. Oh, oh okay. I don't know. I can hear you now, but yeah, a minute ago, uh, I couldn't hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fritz a motherfucking cat in this motherfucker, man. What's, What's going on, on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm enjoying myself. It's yeah? Nice. You got a herd of people here. Yeah. Say what up, everybody, man. Shit. We got Toxic in the building. We got Wednesday in the building. The hybrid's in the building. We got Annie and Mary in the building. We got a whole fucking... We got a whole... We got, a, we got people to round applause when we need it. We don't have to hit the fucking wherever the button. I don't know if that's... That's a demonic laugh. That wasn't the... Oh, okay. That, I, well, that's why we got the round of applause. We didn't have enough budget for uh, the, uh, you know, the applause. So we got we got people to the side, on the ready, ready to give applause when necessary. So if they're gonna give applause to anything, they're yeah. like they're pretty stiff, dude. They're... Yeah, they're they're kind of stiff tonight. We've been we kind of had to tell them. Yeah. To to do this. So look, if you're watching right now, could you share this, retweet it? Fucking put it on Instagram, fucking upload it up your butthole. Whatever you got to do to let people know that we are live and in the motherfucker. We got a like lot to talk live. about tonight. We're way live. Facebook live. Very live, dude. Very live. So what, what, so tonight, I told you he's got a lot, he's hooked in with his crazy sound effects. I don't even know what the fuck he's got going on over here. He decided he was going to just bring the beat. He supplied the beat tonight for the, the background loop. So, yeah. Toys. Lots of toys, lots toys. of toys to play with, and uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Like, what's uh, so? How did you get your start in music? Like, what's I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people that are that know who you are and whatnot, they'll they'll they'd be curious to see. Well, every story has a story, and uh, back in the olden days, uh, when I was in high school, I hooked up with these guys that needed uh, they needed a bass player. So the prerequisite that I had to go out and buy a bass, and that's all I needed to do. So I showed up, and I didn't know shit about shit. So we, you know, and we were terrible. We were terrible, horrible, horrible. But there wasn't a whole lot, because I'm originally from the Upper Peninsula. I grew up out in the sticks. Yeah, that's another time where you guys were supposed to applaud. Well, yeah, they're like, UP, yeah. he's a youper. Yeah, dude, he's a hillbilly from out in the sticks, man. <laughs> So, I mean, we were terrible, but we were like the only, like, you know, in our high school, we were the only thing really going on. And we'd get, we'd play uh, these frat parties at Northern Michigan University. And so we'd play for beer because, you know, we're 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. You got you to gotta so, talk into the mic, man. Hey, I can hear me, dude. Well, I, can, I, can, I got all this shit here on the floor. I, I know, man, but like you keep you keep moving your head and like you drop out and I can barely hear you. Okay. But when you talk into the mic, I can hear you really good. So. Well, yeah, right. well, I got to be right up on it. Right on the mic, and just so like you're it, talking sweet nothings and hear the listeners. Well, anyhow, anyhow, right. so we'd play for beer and 
and we were terrible, but people didn't care because we were live, loud, obnoxious music. So right. that's you know, all you need, right? And so you know, and and we ended up getting so that we weren't bad because we were also we play in the jazz band at high school, so we'd get to like rehearse during school and then rehearse playing in the band afterwards. So that's really where I you know started playing and getting in, into music. And uh, my senior year. Uh, I was doing electronics too. I got into electronics. And so my mom knew this woman. She's like, well, I got this guy who knows, you know, knows some stuff about music. Well, the dude, you know, let me call him. I had no idea who he was. Turns out he was the Rolling Stones road manager. Wow. And he just, when he wasn't on a tour with the Stones, he was hiding out in Marquette where he lived on the, kind of the off season. So he like schooled me on, well, you know, back in back when I got in the grind, you, you know, you had to, you know, just go out and work your way up from the bottom. But he, uh, he was like, nowadays you got to go to school for it. And I was like, okay, well, I sucked all this information in, but I was also getting information that you get into music and you stay poor all your life. So I wanted to go to school for which 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 for us has kind of proved true right like that's well we'll get into that kind of <laughs> later but uh that 50 bucks i was talking about earlier was <laughs> oh, like, I, can't, no. I can't hear you all you i think your mic's gas, dropping out for gas money to <laughs> so i went to school for electronics and uh then that got to be like I, I, I met people that were that were uh, getting that degree, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, I sit in this warehouse and I solder shit onto you know PC boards for for VCRs." And I'm like, "That doesn't sound like that. Well, that's all that cool." And you're like, "Oh, this shit's terrible." So I ended up taking a it was a physics class. Um, it was the science of musical sound that uh, dealt with synthesis and. Um, and recording and all kinds of cool jiggy shit in that like in that sold me on okay well, I want to get into recording like what Chooch had told me you know the the Rolling Stones guy so I ended up coming down moving down to Detroit to go to the Recording Institute of Detroit and so I went through that whole program and got out of that and then interned at a uh, recording studio doing uh, we were like sweatshop and grocery store commercials we do like 300 of them a week and everything was analog tape so you know sitting there with a reel to reel razor blade cutting editing things and and so we had to do everything then it so, wasn't old school that was what that was the school that we had to do then so let me stop you right there for the people that don't that i'm sure there's some aspiring artists that are watching right now and all they know of recording is Pro Tools or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know anything about, like, the analog tape world. You actually sat there with a basket between your legs cutting analog tape. Yeah, you'd use a china marker, a white china marker, and you would you would rock the tape on the tape head. You could see where the playback was, tape head was. And so you'd mark it with white china marker on there, and then that's where you knew that you had to start the cut. And then you'd find uh, you'd, the, the, the reel reel would have an edit mode where you could hit play, and the other reel wouldn't take it up it would just spit tape out until you get to the next part like after like everything was fucked up then you'd mark it again and take a razor blade cut it and stick those two pieces together put a piece of tape over that and then you know bingo so you know was it like duct tape or like no it was like it was like like it was blue uh editing tape 
Gotcha. But so there's a way, special kind of tape. For this. Right, because if you screwed it up, you could still kind of peel it off, and then. But I would have, you know, a bunch of pieces of little tape with shit written on them that were like, you know, the word that we had to replace this word with that word. And so, and then we'd have to, you know, we'd do this dance where, okay, you got the voice over here, you'd have to play that back, and you'd have to fade music in and out and to record it onto another reel-to-reel to make the commercial. And then if you had, like, you know, we didn't have the, you know, super cool technology for like that, you'd have, like, a CD player, you'd have to have shit queued right up, and you'd hit play on that, and then if you fucked it up, you'd have to do the whole goddamn thing over again. And it was, like, seriously, it was, we'd write scripts on, um, on... Wednesday nights, we get the specials for these grocery stores, and then Thursday, we record all the voiceovers, and then Friday would just be putting all the shit together to have them out by Saturday to have them in the grocery stores so they could play the shit that Muzak would be playing, and, you know, Kenny Loggins would dump down, and then you'd have, yeah, well, yeah, shit's on sale this week, so... It was it was nerve wracking, but it just it was, it <laughs> to was, say it the was, least. It was, it was it was a gig, so you got to, you got to meet a lot of cool voice talent people, like from different radio stations and from different TV stations. But we didn't really do a whole lot of music. Uh, but you know, I was still playing in a band at the time, and so I'd get them up. You know, during the off hours, we'd we'd come in and you know party down and record stuff when we could but it was um it was on the 17th floor of a building in southfield that's since been demolished was that greenfield plaza north park plaza they imploded that like either last year yeah i think i heard about that yeah that was the studio you interned at first yeah they blew it up got you they had greenfield plaza still there Right, yeah, they right, had. To, okay. They were trying to erase anything that I've touched. Right, exactly. They started there. They started doing that. Well, actually, was that no, the FBI or the scratch, CIA? Or scratch like, that. My elementary school was sold to a church. Wow. So Silver Creek School is no longer Silver Creek School. If they would have known that you went there, they probably they probably wouldn't have bought it. And the place where I went to second grade, Beaver Grove, is a landscaping place now. Wow. That's so they're going, they're slowly erasing shit that I've touched. Right. So, but for what purpose? Like, is there is there some kind of alien conspiracy going on, or like, what's haters? Haters. haters. <laughs> that kind of sums it up, right? Haters. Yeah. <laughs> so where were you? Where was I? Well, uh, so I I I would do music personally but then i got involved with a uh through the band i was playing with uh this guy who was working on a movie that needed people to help him do the soundtrack and his budget was nothing so as most people's budget is right when you're starting out so i recorded the bands for the soundtrack I actually went over to Ann Arbor and recorded a harp on location that was pretty amazing. Uh, and the the bands that were involved with it were pretty cool. Uh, the one problem that we ran into is when we were recording them, uh, again, we're on the 17th floor of this office building that's an office building. So nights and weekends, they shut the air conditioning off because... Because nobody's in there office hours so it's in july hot as hell outside and we're recording it at night over the weekend and it had to be upper 90s with stale air and no air conditioning windows doesn't open up 
So we had fans blowing hot, stale air and then had to seal the drummer up in a booth. And it seriously, he had sweat outlining him playing. And he, he schooled it, but it was just... So we record all the shit we did. That's 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 recording 101 right there, man. Like well, that's... well, it, it ain't supposed to be like that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, a little I mean, nicer than that. Yeah, well. You know, you get that impassioned performance when you are having heat stroke. You know, when your body's getting ready to shut down. Yeah. One way to do it, use a lot of drugs. The other way to do it, record where there's no air when it's 100 degrees. You know? Right. So you interned up there, and, you know, I went to recording school Well, I, well. I, in, I interned for the dude for, like, six hours. I was supposed to do, like, 30 hours or something like that. I interned for, like, six hours. He's like, start Monday, you know. You, right. You have a clue as to what the hell you're doing, so. So you know. was it a paid gig? And it was the, reason, paid gig. the reason I asked that is because when I went to recording school, they said, your first gig, you're going to be somebody's bitch. Like, you're not going to get, like, a dope fucking gig engineering somebody dope you're, you're gonna be somebody's bitch you know and was that the case for you or was it well, like well actually did you start out as somebody's bitch or did you just well, really were you just getting the super gig, jiggy gigs See, all the way and through? again and again every story has a story we had to do a six hour internship and then we had to do a 30 hour internship a six hour internship my first gig was uh a song called uh something about something uh, about the underground but it was this group uh, Detroit Rap Mafia that got a good name because they were part of the biggest cocaine bust in history up to that time and what happened was because they were rapping about all the scandalous shit they were doing the FBI came in and subpoenaed the tapes because they were like talking about all the shit they did. Because that was incriminating. So they were actually talking about some real people, dirt. A whole peop, slew of people went to prison on that shit. That was the first <laughs> song I worked on. It actually, there's a video of it out there. I, you know, I, I, I Detroit rap mafia. They can, Detroit they can Google rap it. mafia. Papa J Smooth. Yes. So you you engineered it or you... I no I I helped mix it. Greg, mix, Greg okay. Riley mixed it, but basically I w- I just you know pushed faders up and hit play on tape so you know it wasn't heavily into it but i remember working on that and i remember seeing that like late at night where they played the video and i'm like holy shit man. i mixed that motherfucker well, i helped mix it i didn't like well yeah I doing, but I, at least i got to touch something anyway. right yeah it, it, you twiggled the knob or something right but yeah. then but then afterwards when i went to do like the 30 hour internship i you know, the guy knew I knew knew what the hell I was doing, so there's like there's no point in, you know, just having making me his bitch, even though I ended up kind of being that, but you know. <laughs> so then I ended up working for him and doing kind of you know, getting dabbling with it, and I was still doing on the on the off time playing with people, you know, over in Ann Arbor and, you know, hanging out at rehearsal spaces and meeting cool people in bands and I always had my little four track recorder that I was always recording shit live or with, you know, whoever was rehearsing, so, you know, it was always like, okay, record it, and end up with all this jiggy shit, and always just kind of, you know, working on music, so, but then the engineering I was doing really wasn't for music, but with this soundtrack, I started doing more, you know, working on music more, but the guy ended up from that movie, uh, it was called The Four Corners of Nowhere, and it was one of the first uh, movies when they finally put it out. Uh, to get played on the Sundance channel on cable. They played it on that, and the whole gig was everybody was going to get paid when the movie was released. 
So we got we had a song that actually we helped it. It was like the main song that they played. Like this dude, you know, it's really important part that we helped compose the song. And so we were gonna get paid for that. We were gonna get paid. One of the, our songs got played in the background. Everybody was gonna get paid. I know. I noticed you're saying we're gonna get paid. That's because <laughs> that was in 1993. Yeah, you're still waiting. On the check. movie has still never been released. Wow. They tried to put it out on DVD like, you know, maybe three or four years ago, four or five years ago or something. But I think the guy was like, did the math and was like, okay, I have to pay all these people. Because the guy went on to do, he, he wrote a, like a best-selling book that went got made into a movie with Emma Watson. And then he was also, there was a, there was a TV series that was called Jericho that he was one of the co-writers and co-producers for so the dude went on to do some shit and what i got out of all this time of you know baking in the hot studio and doing shit and driving over to ann arbor i got paid a half a fifth of wild turkey that was left over when we finished everything they're like here well you just go ahead and have that and that's what i got and i'm still waiting to get Peter, the check, the check. Yeah, you, you've the been check, checking that mailbox every yeah, day. Well, it? once it gets released, <laughs> when the DVD finally comes out on the what? Thirty-year anniversary, right? So, four, four corners of nowhere. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that shit. I'm gonna, I, like, seriously, I'm gonna. Maybe we should start hitting them up and like asking them, like, when's this movie coming well, out? See, the thing is, is that the only way to get a hold of the dude is through his publicist, and I'm sure his publicist is like, eh, oh, another one of the because a lot of people are probably hitting him up, like, hey, dude, remember that movie that everybody you know did for free? Right. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if we got paid for that. You know, I know you're doing kind of all right. So right. But so, hey, so know, what, hey, but it's all that's all part of it, dude. That's yeah. part of the game, it's, man. It's, you know how much pro bono shit I did? Well, yeah. Looking, I'm well, looking at you, Staples. Well, yes, I just called you out. <laughs> well, you see, you see, well, that's that's that I think that's kind of a way to weed people out of it because if you get into it expecting, okay, well, I'm just gonna get into it because, you know, I'm looking to get paid, you know, when you start doing shit and putting all these crazy hours in and not getting paid for it, either you're gonna be like Fuck this. This is a huge waste of time. Or you're right. like, you know what? I love music. I'm I'm willing to do this shit. Yeah, I mean, but even even then, it, it hits a wall where you're like, fuck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're the poster boy for that, you know? <laughs> so, look. Uh, so, so what happened after that? So, you, I know you ended up at the disc. Was there a lot of stuff between that? Or I know you were at the disc not, for a while. Not, not really. Uh, I, things kind of slowed down over there. And I was doing, like, installation of, like, Muzak systems in Shell gas stations. And then, then I went over to go to the disc because I knew that, and then, which is where, you know, the, the Recording Institute of Detroit is in the same building where the disc recording studio is. And that's actually the studio that I had, you know, gone to school at. So I was familiar with it. Uh, so I went over there and, you know, interviewed and the guy was like, well, yeah, well, of course, you know, you're one of our graduates and you have, you've been working in, you know, so I got a taste of that, and it went from being me being like the, the primary engineer where I was at to filling the candy machine at the disc and answering phones and not doing shit. So, but that's again, you know, that's a way they weed people out where you don't just get to, you know, you don't get to in, just waltz, waltz in and waltz be a super in, producer. Yeah, and be you like, gotta, you okay, gotta earn those well, stripes. Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna get you fat paid and stuff. So, but but I had I had the glamorous shift of working seven at night till seven in the morning six days a week i only had wednesday nights off 
And so at the time, the disc was the primary location for your super gangster rap. Right. And for those that don't know, the disc is located in East Point on Nine Mile in Detroit, in the Detroit area. And it is, they used to call it a demo hut, right? Well, they call it, it used to be the super disc. It used to be, it used to be way back in the day, MC5 recorded there when it was GM Recording Studios. So it's been a studio since the 60s. Yeah, turn that shit down. Yeah, well, yeah, I was just reading some of the comments, and uh, Staples, Staples said, wow, because I called him out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. I was just kidding, man. I, I still got love for you. Honestly, I was, oh, shit, I'm knocking oh, shit over. I was proud to be on that album, man, in all, in all seriousness. I was just fucking with you. I, I was uh, happy with it, dude. Yeah, it's, I know, I know. I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you mastered the motherfucker, so, uh, you know, you heard it. You were on it. Well, I wasn't on it. Well, I got to touch it and make right. it sound cool. Right. So yeah, we 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 got love for you, man. We're just fucking around. But look, yeah, and I uh, got love for you. I, I see a couple of the other people. That, so somebody asked me to turn. Uh, Stir crazy asked me to turn it down the background background B, so I turned it down a little bit. And yes, I I, I did redo Al- V's album eighty seven times. <laughs> so yeah, that was all pro bono too. Uh, that's true. And uh, what else we got? And yes. Toxic, I did mix their album for food. I just told, you know, bring your girl over here and cook me some deliciousness and we'll, we'll, I'll mix it. But that's, you know, that's part of the game, man. Sometimes you got to, you know, some I, up-and-comers. You gotta, I, you know. I, I recorded my buddy Jeremy's band in my basement in Royal Oak back in the day. And basically, I got paid. They bought, like, a quarter barrel of beer. And I remember mixing it in my bedroom because that's why I had my recording shit set up. And I had a, a pitcher of beer with a sports bottle straw in it. And that's a bad idea. When you come to mixing techniques, that's not one of them. <laughs> so yeah. they bought they bought the tape, but and they bought beer, and that's you know that's like a reoccurring theme right. a lot. You know, right. band played for beer and recorded people for beer and right. Slim pickings, but that's the thing, is that if you if you got love for it, then you kind of stumble through all that shit. I mean, I, I think every show I've ever done, I played for beer, but I had to buy the beer myself, so, yeah. There's that. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, dude. So, you, you worked at the, the studio called The Disc, you yes. were, and you worked your way up through you know, humble beginnings as, a, as the candy stock guy. The, yep, stock in the candy machine. Stock yep. in the candy machine. In, uh, and uh, before you knew it, you were... coffee. Making coffee, you know, making sure people were fed. Yeah, making sure people are fed. I, I and bet then, they sent you to get pizza once or twice. No. Yeah, yeah, actually they did. You know, <laughs> you, you, you but, but I mean that's shit, that's shit you do, and then and then you get to meet the people because we had, you know, even though even though we had, it was like definitely the the rap hangout at the time. Uh, we'd have people that because because the disc was started by. Um, one of the engineers that worked for Holland Dozier Holland that were like the songwriting guys for a lot of Motown hits. So they knew a lot of the Motown people and the guy who ran the recording school uh, actually worked for Motown as a mastering engineer. So they knew a lot of people in the game and plus like back in the 80s the disc was the hangout for Parliament Funkadelic, George Clinton and all his crazy people. So those dudes when they'd roll through Wow! Yeah. Wow! I've I've seen some things. 
I know. I know. And that's why we're trying to school motherfuckers. It's Wicked 101. Like, if you you were on my short list, man. Once I decided I was going to do this and I was going to school people, you were on the list. You were, like, top of the list. Like, I'm going to get this motherfucker on there and tell these motherfuckers what's up. Right? Any, anyhow, so I did, uh, you know, did a lot of, like, it, like a, a guy, you know, came up to me and he's like, man, do you realize that every album that's coming out in the hood has got your name on it you've engineered all this shit because it was like these weren't the studio gangsters these were like legit paying for studio sessions with a grocery bag full of fives and tens were all wadded up and shit and you know there there was the murderlistic click when they came through the guy who was funding them was just straight up drug dealer wearing body armor and shit and one time they're like well you know P can't come through, you know, to pay the session because he had somebody, you know, go by his house riding a dirt bike and sprayed it with a machine gun, you know, like those legit gangster dudes. But it was always, you know, as long as you were cool with them, they were totally cool with you. Yeah, you they're know? not gonna it, fuck with you when you're matter, the engineer. You know? Yeah, if you're, if you, as long you're you the know, one, you're you the one did, helping them pay the bills. Right. If you, if you get them sounding the way that they want to sound, it doesn't matter. Who the and that didn't and so there was I was at, at one point in time I was doing the majority of my sessions were either super ruthless gangster rap or acapella gospel <laughs> and it was like in there was no middle ground well you know you'd get country people you'd get I remember a Chinese choir big ass Chinese choir that it was like usually I'm used to working with the Baptist choirs where it's like everybody's just all gnarly and all hyper and stuff like that this Chinese choir there were like 60 people the guy would like point down, everybody would sit down on the floor and shut the fuck off. There wouldn't be a peep. Then they'd get up and they'd sing their ass off and then whoop, and sit right back down. Right. <sighs> You've seen some things. Man. I've seen some things. I've heard right. some things too. But right. it gives you, you know, and that, that all helps you develop kind of musically because, you know, when working with people like when you got guys like Amp Fiddler that were coming in and doing, you know, you're dumping their remixes or they're adding shit to songs, you know, when you can see how they work, you know, you get to see, okay, and then you got, like, Tony Green who played, like, all the bass guitar on shit for, like, Snoop Dogg and stuff, you know, he would come in with his production crew that had been working out with, you know, Death Row Records, and they'd be, and you'd see how those guys would work, so, you know, you just always try to pick shit up and try to be humble and not try to, you know doing because you don't at the end of the day there's always somebody that's farther way 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 cooler than you are <laughs> way cooler and I, that's a good way to say it that's that's you know that's some seriously good advice there's always somebody that's way cooler than you are because you'd meet just that's, really gifted people and i mean i i've spent you know a lifetime fucking around with music and it's been through hard work i'm not i can't pick stuff up and you know just be able to play piano like an angel or play a guitar, you know, like Joe Satriani. I can't, you know, it's all, everything's been hard-ass work to do. I just listen to a lot of shit and, you know, and watch and soak shit up like a sponge. So, right. You know, and that's, that's important shit to do. Exactly. So, so you, you worked at the desk and that's how, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's how you met Twisted, right? They, I knew them when they were House of Crazies and would come in, and I knew them on site. Usually, they weren't you, recording. You, 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 were, you were already working at the disc when they were recording there as House of Crazies. They weren't recording there as House of Crazies. They'd record everything on Brian's 8-track cassette recorder, 
Right. And then they'd bring that into Tom Robinson to do to throw into sound tools to master everything. Gotcha. So I knew them from them coming in. They didn't really record there, but I knew them in the early days. And that's how I met ICP was them coming there to do show tapes. Right. Was actually I think the first credit I got on anything psychopathic related might have been I think maybe Jekyll Brothers because they, they I had helped edit show tapes and I was like oh Fritz from the disc you know wow and that's how I, I didn't realize that, that. I, th- I, thought that I thought it was freak show I and that incorrectly how, and that, spoke earlier and, my and dad. that's and that's oh, I didn't even realize it till like later when I was filming some shit I'm like holy shit they gave me a little shout out on Jekyll Brothers I think it was Jekyll Brothers I'm pretty certain it was. Wow. So that's how, and that's how I met them. And then Twisted came in uh, after they had done Most Tasteless. They were looking to record their new album. And so they were kind of feeling out, okay, who, because they had, you know, there had been some shit that happened with Most Tasteless. And, you know, like with them getting sued for using samples and stuff like that. So they were trying to find, in, you know, when, when you have been doing it long enough, you want to get an engineer that you're comfortable with. Right. You know, for sure. And that's, that's one of the things is you're kind of the interface where you've got somebody who's a creative talent and you've got to be able to take that and get that on tape and handle all the technical aspects without them... Without hindering the, the right, creative exactly. flow, you, you just know. basically I'm an interface in between the creative talent and this herds of wires and shit that's going around. Right. So the smoother you, and so that that's how I got to develop a relationship with them with doing uh, doing blazes very first thing. Right. So, so you did you did uh, the the what was it the self-titled EP yes Lazy Dead Homie yeah and you did you did all the beats for that too didn't you I did some of them were strictly me and then some we were doing as Sister Sarosa Sound Squad which is what we me Jamie and Paul would call ourselves as kind of a production team where they'd right. bring me strange samples or here play this or you know so th- we and, and it clicked and it turned out well so then yeah. they're like well why we're gonna be working on our new album you know do you want to work on that? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, because this is, it was right up my alley because I was playing, you know, I grew up playing hardcore punk thrash and then working with all the rap stuff is then that was a perfect mush of that, those two things there and a bunch of other shit, you know, where you got all these crazy musical ideas and you can put it out there and they would be like, yeah, that shit's fresh. If I would try to do something like that, some of the, like the ruthless hardcore gangster rappers, they're like, what fuck is that no right no i want 808s and gunshots you know i <laughs> want a carjacking skit right exactly <laughs> right right <laughs> screams exactly. and gunshots exactly so it, i really that i love 40s being and able, blunts i i live love being able to do you know just be able to flex creatively like that because it was like all this shit a lot of this Every day when I went into the studio, I'd have guitars with me, I'd have basses with me, I'd have sound modules with me, I'd have all the shit with me, you'd hook it all up, and then we'd just, you know, make shit. And then after uh, after a while, when they were like, well, okay, this is costing us a lot in studio time, that's when they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to build a studio at our spot. And that's when Alex started coming in and being... Hey man, how would you feel uh, like coming and working for us? 
Right. So, and uh, at first you were like, fuck that. I wasn't like, fuck that. I just didn't say yes or no. I'm like, well, yeah, well, let me think about it. But, I mean, I knew, you know, I knew of them and I knew that it was, it was crazy over there. And I knew that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I... It, if I'm gonna go work for them, shit's gotta be right. And it wasn't. It wasn't about oh yeah, well, I gotta pay me, pay me fat. It was the you know because I had just had a kid, you know, married, you know, got right. shit going on. You, you weren't just like a random ninja that was right, like, you know, because I had spent living at you know living at home and could just do whatever the at fuck. The, you at know? the disc with working the crazy hours there, where you're sleeping at the studio, you don't really have that much. Of, you don't have a whole lot of shit going on. I'd go, I'd go party with the bums at the laundromat on Wednesday night because it was like that's the only thing. I going on who wants to be like yeah you want to come hang out at three o'clock in the morning on Wednesday you know so you go hang out with the bums at 24 hour laundromat drinking 40 uh, bottles with the the bums uh, that are staying warm in the laundromat John John R and 13 mile it was a little and there was a little little wedding chapel right there in the strip mall too so you get the drunk people from the wedding stuff and hang out with the bums too and everybody be partying right cool yeah it's like like all you need to do is bring a little boom box all you need to actually, and one of the guys there sold me a microphone for five dollars. Wow! That he clearly had stolen from a meeting room somewhere right around there, but you know. Fuck it, you never have enough mics. It right? was a, it was Electrovoice RE10, man. It was nice. You still got it? No, somebody stole it from me. So somebody stole it, sold it to you, and then it got stolen from you. Well, that's that's the game, I guess. That's karma, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Because he bought stolen merchandise. No, yep, and it came was... back to bite me in the ass, and I didn't get to enjoy it. Right. Like I thought I should have. <laughs> so Alex came over there, and he, he tried to get you to come over, and it yep. took a couple tries. And well, finally... Yeah, and, and so then that is when they hired Mike P. Uh, to go over there and engineer for him. And he was doing, so that's when he so, was But Mike doing... P. wasn't there before you, was he? Yes. Oh, he was there before you. Yes, because that's that. who Alex got after I was like, oh, and I didn't really come back, and they just needed somebody, so they got Mike P, and that's how he was got involved with them doing uh, Bizarre Bizarre. But at that point, you were already doing beats and working with Twisted, right? Right, like and you then you already had a relationship going with and Twisted. And then what I would do is then for a while on Tuesdays, I'd go over to the Lotus Pod to record Twisted over there. Just on Tuesdays, though, and still work with them at the disc. And then things got kind of all weird and stuff. And then it was, then that didn't happen anymore. And then it was, it's always, you know, there's always shit going on. But uh, then Alex came and finally it was like, okay, well, here's the deal. We get you, you know, you come in at 630 at night and then, you know, you you hear your actual hours because that was the main thing I was concerned with is getting a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning that like yeah Esha wants to record bingo you know, you know? Some and, crazy and that shit was, that was, yeah that was my main concern is that I just wasn't in a position where I could just dump everything and go there so I have an actual hour so then that's when I left the disc and then went to go work over there right so, so they agreed to your demands so to speak and it really wasn't a whole lot of demands. It was just like, hey, well, let's man, not be all crazy. Let's yeah, not, I need something right. that it works, you know. Right. And Alex was really cool about that, you know. And and so and it and it and it was and again going over there, you know, you've seen lots of shit because again, it was I called it Thug Rule Studio because you'd have <laughs> you'd go I'd go in and Isham would be there working on some shit 
and so then Twisted would be waiting to get in the studio, and Twisted would be sitting around. You know, whoever got there first, pretty much. That's exactly how you scheduled studio time. There. <laughs> whoever bossed up first and got in, that's who was working. So then we'd wait for Ishan to get done. I, I imagine Ishan was the first one there a lot of times. Too. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So then Twisted would get there, and we I'd work with them, and then chances are that ABK and Lavelle would roll through like eleven o'clock. With, with a, a big pack of Bud Light. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so then I'd be working with them until 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. So, right. but, you know, again, it was... It, it was still workable. It was still workable, yeah. Yeah. But then... But then, it, then at some point, we won't mention exactly what point. Well, a lot of things changed when Alex left. Because right. Because he was the one who brought me over there. That's right. when a lot of things changed. And that's about the time that you skedaddled, right? And it wasn't really me skedaddling. It was just, it wasn't, I wasn't getting calls anymore. Yeah, so, that's kind of how it goes. But, you know, and so, but I continued doing, doing shit. That's when, when, I, when I was over there is when I was working with, uh, did some shit with Tally Demon. Right. And I knew that she was really talented. Uh, and it was right about the same time that she was, you know, did her little mini thing, tried to do something with them. And then that was like right about the same time that I was not really doing anything with them anymore. Um, so I would work with her. I'd do stuff with you, Ajax. And really that's how, you know, with me working with Ajax, because Ajax was working with George as a manager. And who now manages Magic Ninja. Right, exactly. Right. And that's how I hooked up with George. I'm always afraid we're going to talk about somebody and they're going to be like, who the fuck are they even talking yeah, about what right the now? Fuck? Like, yeah, so that's why, that's why I chime well, in every now well, and then. Check your, check your shit, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there yeah, seems to be like there's like 13 people watching. So. Oh, well, yeah, sweet. Hey, shout out to number 11. Well, there's a lot of people that have come and gone and come back and gone and left and come back, but, you know. Hey, it's, that's all good, man. You know, shit happens. Yeah, you know, they, they got to go take a shit or something. I understand, you know. Or, you know, they just, they just don't care. He's playing with a synth that I actually bought him for Christmas. Why don't you show, why don't you show the camera what... Uh, what, this, what is this? A little bitty thing right here. It's got a little ribbon controller on it and just some jiggy knobs. And I can't really make it do anything that I want it to do. You can just use it to make weird noises. Right, which is perfect for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you, uh, you left Psychopathic working there and then uh you kind of did the independent thing for a while you yeah. did my album you yeah did and, I did, and i did yeah i built it it had a, it had a studio at, at, at my place in southfield so i'd have some and then i would do um and it wasn't you know, it wasn't like every gangster rappers coming over every night it was the no. select few that you right. trusted yeah and, you know. yeah exactly and i had i actually worked with uh these women who were the nieces of uh levi stubbs from the four tops and boy, could they sing, you know. And so, you know, you'd get you'd get just little stuff like that just to keep working, you know. And, you know, and you you knew it was like I didn't have, like, this wonderful setup at home. It was just like you just 
get the money together to buy another piece of gear and another in to you know and half ass a booth together and, and then defect needs an album so he's gonna buy you a computer oh yeah exactly because then with <laughs> defects album you know we were trading beats for like software and beats for this and then engineering for this it was but the I barter mean, we called it the barter system yeah, at one point all... i actually bought you a lawnmower to do remixes for me yeah and then and and and, and then you had tally demon doing it was part of the whole thing and then ajax where it was all kind of this virtual there wasn't any money exchanging hands but everybody was getting shit done you yeah because what it was is like i had a home depot card right so yep. i'd go and i was like well i don't have any money for this but i want to get this done and uh i want you to do it so what do you need he's like well i need a lawnmower okay well we fucking we, we went to the fucking home depot and shopping cart we bought a fucking lawnmower and that was that was his payment for uh tales from the crypt revisited I think hey and that works for me Fuck it, right? Hey, as, long as, as long as you're getting something. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be money. Because what are you going to spend your money on? You're going to have to buy shit anyhow. And then you just happen to be, you know, the hookup where you were at, so that you were like, well, yeah, well, I can get you this, you know, trade you this baby bottle microphone for, you know, for a couple you know, beats a song. or whatever. Yeah, a couple what, beats what the fuck or, it was, you know, so. studio. Yeah, exactly. You, you know? got half the studio. Me just fucking selling, take, giving him shit so we could record my album. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Fuck it, right? Hey, it works. It worked. Man. It worked out. It works, man. So then, uh, so you did the independent thing for a while, and then you know, of course, twisted left psychopathic, right? Everybody knows. Not like we're dropping knowledge here. Holy right? shit! When did that happen? And uh, so twisted leaves, they did? and they started Magic Ninja Entertainment, and, and uh, you want to play a little bit more? No, I was just dicking around. Adding some little accents there. So, uh, so yeah, so they um, they left and they started their own thing, and uh, uh, then you got the call eventually, right? Like to, to come and well, it I was mean, it was kind of over uh, time, you know. It uh, originally what they what it was was the same thing it's always been show tapes. They right. needed somebody. Everybody to needs show tapes. It's in. I think what it is is this: is that people get into the business, they want to be an engineer, they want to be a producer. They, they want to do the glamorous shit. They, they don't want to sit there do, cutting show they tapes. They want to do the sexy shit. They want to yeah. be there in front of a big ass board, and they want to be get their VH1 on, and doing show tapes is <laughs> not that gig at all. No, it's it's tedious, fucking annoying work. But. It but was like that. I mean, that was my, my first gig was freaking editing shit on tape. So it's like you know, editing I've been doing forever. So it was no, right. it was really was no big thing. And plus, not only was it a, you know, a paying gig, but it was a paying gig with uh, your own hours with 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 George and, and and first it was George and Ajax, then it was George and ABK, and then it was George and Twisted, and then. So I started doing more and more stuff with them, and then when they were going to build their studio is when, because I remember that first gear list that George gave us from Sweetwater, and it was a list of all the shit that he didn't need but had the highest profit margins, and we were like, what do you need... You know, fifty grand worth no, of fuck shit. Fuck this! This is what you need. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So you know, we helped him pare that down to get a reasonable. So he was like, "Okay, well, you know, you want to engineer for us?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Yeah. So why not? 
I ain't doing shit. I'm fucking putting roofs on places. Right, yeah, exactly. Is that on the side while you weren't, you know, between doing all the musical gigs, you were, uh, I don't want to put you on blast, but you you know, you were, you're, you're a contractor, so you also do that uh, kind of shit on the side. I'm a, uh, uh, actually a licensed Michigan residential builder. Right. So if you need some beats and you happen to have some extra tools, maybe, uh, you know somebody that needs a roof. I mean, we can we can barter, man. The barter system is in effect. You know, I've been on roofs two days in a row now. Two Repla- days in a row. replacing a sh- replacing shingles. shingles. I know. On, I got... fr- on Friday, and then today, <laughs> Mary's neighbor, his old ass TV antenna in the windstorm, blew off his roof and was hanging there by the coax cables. Right. And he had just had surgery, so I had to go come out the window on upstairs of his house, get on a ladder, crawl up, shimmy across. Cut the thing down, lower it down with a rope to get the shit off his roof. That was earlier today. That <laughs> is what the superstar producer life will get you. Exactly. That's so true, man. Like, the, this is Wicked 101. We're schooling y'all motherfuckers right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not. Right now, yeah, the, the last couple of days, we had, like, the big windstorm. My backyard, not here because this is a bed in Detroit school, but, <laughs> but my backyard back home. Uh, has shingles literally strewn throughout my backyard. So I, I feel the pain, you know. So you ended up back over there. You did some show tapes. All of a sudden, you're the fucking producer again. Uh, engineer, rather. You're doing some beats here and there, but you're engineering shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's where we are today. And me and you actually, uh, neither one of us are employees over there. But we both kind of help out over there, right? So, right, yeah. And so it, I, I do the it, radio show, and you do the engineering. Well, because because when I mean, at first it was twisted, and then you know Blaze came over, and so it wasn't like we had this super duper roster. So you know there was still you know the, there wasn't like the constant work. But then we started picking up, and they started signing more people. And then you know I did uh, did Blaze's. Production and engineering on Blaze's shit, Casket Factory, factory. Yeah. and that turned out super well. I actually engineered on that too. That's right, you did. I recorded ABK's verse. That that's true, you did. I did. Not as ABK. It isn't like let's clear that up. You didn't like record ABK's. No, verse. I I you wasn't didn't. pretending to be ABK. Yeah. I engineered oh, ABK's verse. Okay, yeah. That, that, At okay, the that the sweat sense. lodge, which is appropriately named, by the way, because you're either <laughs> sweating or you're freezing in that motherfucker. So. That's a whole other topic of discussion. Maybe we'll get ABK on here sometime. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'll do it. But it, Wait till um, you hear what I got for next show. That's coming up a little bit later. Yeah, you already know. So, so you know, and then they, they brought Lex in, and then working with him was dope as hell, because he was, you know, he's totally different style. New Super York cool guy. dude, by the way. Super cool dude, but, you know, and so, and he happens to like my type of production, so yeah. that worked out well for me to be able to do that, and then they just started signing more and more and more and more people, and so... Now, earlier this year, because I mean, it's been cranking. Last year, it picked up and picked up and picked up. Working, you know, mainly working on Twiston's album, but you know, doing Lex's, and then now, like, okay, well, you're they plan on releasing eleven projects this year. So you're you're working. You got a lot going. We're going to talk about what you're working on in the next segment here. Now, back back, Dark Lotus, Black Rain. Right. We recorded that from start to having nothing, absolutely nothing, no beats, no lyrics, no nothing, from start to handing it in after mastering 
22 days. 22 days. That's unfucking believable And, and ill-advised, by the way. Ill-advised, and I told Alex, <laughs> I said, I just want to let you know that just because we did it in 22 Doesn't days... Doesn't mean we should do this all the time. think that that's the amount that you're like, okay, well, shit, that means we'll just schedule every 22 days a new album, because it's like... It doesn't work that way. Yeah, that was... that was, So so we're kind of... The, the good thing about the way that they're doing this is we got, you know, because they got a, a Gorilla Voltage that does their stuff out on the West Coast, and then I did some production for them. Uh, you got Lex now that... He's doing his stuff in New York, so it's not like we're all trying to get into the studio and having one engineer record everything. They're all spread out, right? They're and doing then you got things, but you're kind of touching all that, right? All that right, shit. because right. you got you got Young Wicked, that's you know engineer in his own right, that is either you know he came to town, slept in the studio, recorded shit himself with his you know I ran the mic cable back into the booth so that he could record shit on his laptop while he's in the booth, and. He's also recording shit out in Denver. He sends it to me, and then I mix it. And so everything's kind of a work in progress. But you've got all, and you know, Boondocks has got his guy out uh, in Seattle or wherever the fuck he's recording it. But he's, it's all, so everything's kind of getting together. And then it's just, you know, assembling everything. Right. Because they've got, they got some fly shit happening right now. Man. Yeah. And a lot of shit you can't even talk about. So we're not going to talk about it because that's just what it is. So look, we uh, we scheduled that portion of the. Uh, it was supposed to be a quarter of the show. It's been an hour already. So let's cut oh. to uh, let's play a couple tracks. We got you gave me some music from some of the stuff you've worked on. What do we got? We got uh, it's the Dab Life. Why don't you tell, tell us about that real quick? And we're going to play that. Well, that and then, was uh, back back when uh, back when I was when I was you know doing shit with with Ajax. Uh, and uh, this one is Ajax in Illegal. I was going to do a mixtape, what was like a reverse mixtape, but normally it's like you're doing a mixtape where you got back people's beats, and then you do your lyrics over it. It was going to be a bunch of artists over all my production, kind of a reverse mixtape. Right. So this is a bunch of, and I know you've got a song, and I see it, you've got it queued up, that was going to be for it. Now, there was a song that was with ROC and Blaze that actually we put Lex on and released that. Uh, that was called Robin Hood uh, that they did as either a VIP exclusive or like a one-off type of thing like that. But that was from that mixtape. So this stuff is from a mixtape that never happened, but I was like... The shit's got to come out. So, uh, so, and this is, we put Tally Demon on the hook, and this is uh, actually Illegal put it out on her SoundCloud. Uh, so it's Ajax, Illegal, and Tally Demon all on one track. Yes. And then after that, we're going to play Tally Demon, uh, Where the Sun Rises, where you also, you also produced that. Well, she, she, this was part of, uh, she had done that for, for, had, over in Cleveland, had recorded it, and it was for, this is the remix of it, and I redid the music uh, to put out on her, uh, on her EP that she put out. And I thought it turned out well. She's probably listening and be like, don't you fucking play that song. She wants me to play something else, but this is so dope. She raps so well on it. And I, I, was I, I agree. I think it's a great track. And actually. I know she's mad at me and throwing shit right now. So, like, we're going to play a couple tracks. We'll be back. Uh, I'm going to go take a piss. We still got a lot to talk about. We're going to take questions via Facebook if anybody's still watching. <laughs> you know, if you're not, if you haven't fallen asleep yet, you know. We still got a lot of cool shit to talk about. So, uh, yeah. Don't go anywhere, man. We're uh, we're gonna be right back. So yeah, so that was uh, some dope ass Fritz the Cat flavor. 
and that's been that's been chilling for a while. You know, well, where the sun rises remix, that was. That I was, think that's that been was released. Out, but, yeah. but the but but it's a dab life that just she was just it, she just we, we gave it to Illy Gal for for her to put out, and she did that on Valentine's Day. So right, so that's, that's still pretty new. Oh yeah, it's very very new. Well, the song well, itself new, isn't new, new to you. Yes, yeah, new to be actually being out there. It's right. been it's been around for a little bit, but right. So uh, so let's see what else do we uh, what else do we got on the agenda here. We got a couple notes here. Let's see, uh, so I was going to ask you. Uh, I don't want you to give away too much because you know I know that you're Detroit Underground legendary super producer extraordinaire, but. I know there's probably some aspiring rappers and some aspiring uh, engineers watching. So do you have any tips and tricks that you can uh, disclose? I mean, anything you can uh, give up? Well, you know... I don't want you to give away all your secrets, man, Well, but. there's... You know, a lot of the stuff is, like, common sense stuff that you just kind of either forget or you just kind of ignore. It's, you know, it's... When... People, I think nowadays, they want to, because they've got all this fresh technology that you can get and have that's so much more powerful than I even thought of, you know, all the high-end synthesizers. Samplers and shit like that was, like, ridiculously expensive, so it was like I was using what we would do when we would be, you know, just kind of messing around with, with stuff is we'd take and play from one jam box into another jam box through a mixer and record shit over the top of it and then go back and forth until there was so much tape hiss from going back and forth, but we'd be able to add stuff on top of things. Now, you've got the technology where you have, you know, where you can get Reaper on your laptop and have, you know, a, a multi-track digital recorder for well free to start and then 60 bucks if you feel like chipping off 60 bucks to the company but that's right. you know that's like Olé. a <laughs> it, that's that's a super pop you got you got stuff like audacity where it's it's a, it's free you know it's free shit that gives you more power than anything i could even dream of being able to afford back in the day right you know and so back in the day that would have represented like racks and racks worth of equipment my, what, you, what you can do nowadays my little four track recorder that recorded onto cassette and sounded terrible but i was able to record four different things in overdub which was magnificent was almost a thousand dollars when i bought that right and that was shit that it was like there's no way that you could record on that and release that on anything and have people like you know what damn dude that's a pro ass sound there you know that sounded right. like shit that was recorded on a four track cassette but I still have tons of shit, and actually a lot of, uh, not, I wouldn't say a lot, but a bunch of the stuff when we did Freak Show, one of the things was, because they had gotten sued over using samples, is they're like, you can't use any samples that are anything we'd have to clear, because right. we just, that bit us in the ass. So I had all this shit of just like playing and recording with people, so it was like, okay, I just got weird fucked up drum shit and guitar shit and so we could sample that because it was because nobody would know what the fuck it was anyway because it wasn't it was never released it was never published it was right. never anything you know it was just you know you just grab a little sniglet of something and make it into you know makes it into a part of a song so you know and 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 so you know i think a lot of people want to skip now of the, they have all the technology but they they want to skip right to okay well you know I want to mess around I want to be a producer I want to be able to put a beat together and then I want you know instantly want I want to you know I want to sell beats I want you know rappers to buy these beats and 
you know, it's like you got to develop the passion of music, of of actually enjoying music without being like, well, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to pay to do it because you're skipping over, you know, and, I, and you know, you, well, you know, you got to you got to serve your time and, you know, you got to put the blood, sweat in it. It's just really it's developing the passion for the actual music rather than being like, well. I got, you know, a bunch of bootleg software that I stole from the internet. I got a bunch of sounds, you know, and and so I want to be able to, you know, just mash all that together and then have people buy it and then, you know. Get rich and famous. Right, exactly. And it's Doesn't like, work enjoy like that. the music, man. Be able to sit down and play and, and donk around with jiggy sounds and make shit, you know, be creative with it and, you know. Because even, like I said, when, man, when I first, when we were terrible, we were so bad, and I still have recordings of us, like some of our first years, we were so terrible, but. If you want to hear that, you need to make some comments and maybe. And that's, you know, and that, and it just, but that developed from there where being able to sit back and go like, wow, well, we, you know, once that kind of dies down of like, okay, well, yeah, it's just playing loud and being able to listen to that back and go like, wow, we're fucking terrible. So then you want to put in the work to be not terrible. That, that was kind of me with my first album, you know, and my, you know, as yeah. A, but your first album is a underground classic, as you would say. It's well, like underground classic. Some would say. Some would say. I, me personally, I listened to that first album and I'm cringe. Like Jesus, I was still, yeah, you know. Like, you know, but people love that. And then the second album, I cringe a little bit too. But that that, that is even more of a classic. You know? Well, there's still there's well, what still, are you gonna do? There's still stuff on freak you learn show, and you grow on freak show that because it was like I really I you know I've been playing bass since I was 14. I knew how to play guitar. I just didn't when they when we were doing freak show. Twisted was like, okay, we need somebody to play guitar. So bang, you're it. And I'm like, and I, my guitar I had was just so horrible. So they like gave me okay, well here's 150 bucks. Go buy yourself a guitar. So then I bought a guitar and so played guitar on their stuff and then so then it was like so when i listen to stuff from freak show i'm like there's some shit that's cool but then there's stuff like it's just like yeah sound is i don't like but it's there's no way that i could go back and like well i'm gonna strip that shit off and play you know now because people love the way that that was and a lot of the shit was it was raw it was you know you had passion in it right and you could you could hear it you and hear it. you know, and 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 that's that's you know, it, it was like being a porn star because you'd have like a studio full of people, and you know, you plug your shit in, and then they're like, "Go play something fresh," right? And it's like, okay, you can either you know, get gun shy and not do anything, or you can try to play something fresh. And it's just you just doodle around, and they're like, "Yeah, that love it," you know, put that in there. That and that's true, man. Because at some point, that's what it is. It's like. I know when we sat in the studio, a lot of times we'd be fucking around and be like, eh, no, and then well, yeah. they would take it down another path and be like, oh, well, that's kind of dope. What if you do it this way? And then, you know, we you'd feed off each other. And well, all yeah, of a sudden you but, got something well, what, dope, I, what you know? I really liked is because I would take some really super duper just off the wall something, and he'd be like, dude. That's the wackest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and then you build on that. I don't think I that. ever said that. And then and then it'd be like. Holy shit! How did that become that? Yeah. It's all just being, you know. He, you know what he does? This this is true. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna school him on a little a little little hint here. Don't, don't give him all the secrets away. He'll pull up. He'll pull up like a loop. 
you know, and it'll be like ching chong bing bong, you know, like, and and all of a sudden I'm like, what the, where the fuck is this going, dude? And he'll use the groove of this loop that even though it sounds crazy and doesn't make any sense to anything, he'll use this groove, and all of a sudden he's putting a drum beat over it, then he's putting a bass line over it. Before you know it, you can't even hear the ching chong bing bong. <laughs> but if you take the ching chong bing bong out. The whole thing you'll fails. Miss yeah, you'll miss him. You'll miss it. You'll miss it's him. It's so crazy. I, I, the way his mind works, I, I cannot even explain it to you. You'd have to just do it. I right. can't explain it. I've explained it to a lot of people. Like <laughs> Concussions, lead paint, and I did a lot of fishing when I was younger. So like biting on the lead sinkers to, to, to crimp them on the fishing line, ate lots of lead. Got dropped on my head a couple of times. And that kind of led to where we are today? It's brain damage. It's not any type of musical gift. It's straight up some type of brain damage. Like what the fuck even happened? I'm not right. I'm not all there. It's true. Yes, that is true. It is very true. And I don't recommend they're like, well, yeah, you know what? I'm going to develop creativity. I'm going to go ahead and drink some mercury, you know, because if I figure (laughs) if I get brain damage, I'm just going to, you know. Other people are trying to do drugs to, you know, be creative you just ate lead and paint well, chips yeah well it wasn't like i was ate them to be creative it's just kind of a byproduct gotcha right so we got our little homie here we haven't mentioned at all uh the bass troll okay so what what's what's going on with him he, he's been chilling the whole time we just kind of ignored him he, and he's, he's he's he is the secret weapon he let has me tell you been, he has been i've had him since probably 19 19- 91, 92. And he was actually one time uh, I, I was in the studio. It was me, Mitch Ryder, uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Feiger, and Dr. Death, Jack Kevork. Wait, 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 wait. Jeff, with, Jeff Feiger, the lawyer? Yes. Doc, he was, doc, death, doctor, what? Jo- Jack Kevork. What the fuck are you death. talking about right now? This is what I'm uh... Mitch Ryder, Detroit <laughs> classic rock and roll musician, did a song about Jack Kevorkian. Jeff Feiger called up the studio that I was working at and they wanted to do a press conference in Southfield and we were in Southfield and so there's, next a, thing there's you know, actually a picture of you in a courtroom with all those guys no it, it isn't it's in the studio oh, it's in the, in the studio. studio it was a very professional looking studio but he's here he was there he was there sitting on top yeah he was there for that so, so he knows Dr. Death he met Jack Kevorkian wow. along with me so that's old school man. so anyhow if you put him in, if you think about that like this motherfucker that's just crazy. That 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 just flipped my wig. If I never you, heard if that. You, if you put him in front of the base port on your studio monitor, his hair will react with the air that's being displaced by the base. So to get your base right, you'll see his hair do something like... <laughs> this is and real, more, man. In the this morning, is real. I know you think he's full of shit right now, but the, we, the this actually... His hair, you, can, you can tell what your base is doing by the amount his hair moves. So he's very important. He's very important. He's a scientific... Real. It's real, dude. It's real. We actually use this. As, we're like, his hair's not moving right, dude. It's not hitting right. He'll tweak some shit, and all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, boom, his hair's going up and down like this, and it's like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that shit right yep. there. Yep. Yep. That's yep. real, man. I, I, I want you guys to know that's real. <laughs> like, we really use that as, as an actual studio tool. So I recommend you get a troll. <laughs> get a little troll doll, and if, if if your shit's ported in the back, you're. If you take of, one one tip home from this, get well, yourself a troll get doll. Get yourself a and troll. Put them in front of the base port and see what's happening with, with your low end. 
Yeah, for sure. And what you were going to say, if they have a baseboard in the back, what are they, they going to do then? Well, then he's behind it and you can't see shit. Then you're going to have to run around behind it. <laughs> and I would suggest using a mirror. Or a video feed, you can get your cam- you can get your phone and then put it like around the back. Oh yeah, you can get like a little webcam just for your trolls. Right, so you exactly. can see what's see what going, on, going on with the trolls. That's yeah. perfect. He's very important to getting the sound right. It, it's true. It, it is, is true. true. It is true. I know you guys think we're full of shit right now, but it's it's it's, it's, it's Try actually... it. Try it. You'll see what happens. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. How did you feel? I don't know. Let's not even get into that. Okay, so look, guys. <laughs> We're going to take questions. If you got some questions for Frista Cat, you can ask engineering questions. You can ask wicked shit questions. No holds barred, man. We're going to answer your fucking questions. Get them in because we're going to do that in the next couple minutes, you know? So get some questions. And I've seen there's already some questions. Uh, we can just jump into them. You know, we, we actually got some already. Uh, let's see. Let me go through. Let me go through this. Why don't you play some shit while I go through? Well, what, what do you hang, do? Hang, on a, hang on a second. Let me grab the guitar for a little Oh, grab the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar you didn't bring the guitar for no reason. You might as well bring, you know. Let's do it. Hey, thanks, man. So you uh, you start rocking out. I'm going to look for questions here. Dude, I'm all tangled up. He's all man. tangled up. I'm all tangled up. I've usually got more room. And no, I was not pretending to be ABK on Air Raid. Staples. Let's see here. Okay. Um, Keith Kismopoulos, also known as Bad Mind, wants to know, what are your favorite synthesizers, Fritz? Uh, I would have to say... Omnisphere 2 is my favorite soft synth, and I think soft synths kick ass just because the way that I got to do stuff, I know a lot of people love love hardware and love being able to turn shit on and just be able to dick with it, but the way I work is I've got to have everything set up and be able to, like, be able to go immediately to where I was working on something, so having... Omnisphere, being able to pull up and be familiar with the patches with it, that is my probably number one go-to synthesizer. Uh, I mean, I love all the native instrument stuff, you know, be it massive. It's a great place to start. Yeah, massive and reactor. Reactor used to, back in the day before they were making like the, the stuff that they have now that are that are actual instruments for it when you'd have to they have like the, the whole user area where you could download stuff that people would make you would find some shit that you've never heard in your life that would just be you hit a key and it would make sounds that you didn't know what the hell was going on and it was but it was dope great shit and then you could get lost because in reactor you can build your own sounds and get lost in doing that and you know you sit down to make a beat and two days later you haven't made shit except a bunch of crazy noises right uh Which so well yeah and you could never have enough of that so the staples wants to know where did the name fritz the cat come from and obviously it came from the cartoon right but yes. how did you how did you shout out to R. Crumb. It was a 70s. Fritz the Cat was the first X-rated cartoon that they put out in the 70s. It was like counterculture cat. It was into drugs, into chicks and stuff like that. 
So, like, all the people that I would work for were guys who had grown up in the 70s. As soon as they learned my name was Fritz, they're like, yeah, Fritz, Fritz the cat. So the guy that I worked, I used to work at a Holiday Inn. The guy scheduled me on the schedule is Fritz the Cat. When I worked at a studio, there was a, a company that would fly us out to Las Vegas to record real estate seminars. He booked, and I still have the boarding pass, he booked my airline tickets as Fritz the Cat. If anything would have happened and I would have had to show ID, I was fucked in the game because I'm flying under a fictitious name, which definitely wouldn't work nowadays. Not nowadays. You, and so we were you like, you got a like, TSA I'm, agent's hand up your ass. I'm, yeah. Probably. Well, well. See, I, I was with I was with this guy Greg, and it was like we were there was issues with okay, like either a layover or something, and he's like, how the hell do I get tell them that you know it's this guy's name and. Fritz the cat without people are like what the what what so he he was like yeah and it's blah 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 and Fritz Veckett <laughs> so then they pulled it up and it was like oh, yeah Fritz Veckett and it's I still have that boarding pass Fritz the cat and the guy thought it was hilarious I'm like dude you are an asshole for doing that so when Twisted was like well you know what type of name do you want us to give you credit under you know because even you know Fritz Van Kossi still on its own is a fucked up name. Uh, I'm like, people have always called me Fritz the Cat. So it was, okay, well, might as well run with that. Everybody's always called me that. So that's where Fritz the Cat came from. Wow. But shouts out to R. Crumb for coming up with a damn fine X-rated cartoon cat that was into all kinds of scandalous shit. <laughs> that's perfect for you. Right, exactly. You're into all kinds of scandalous shit. All right, favorite compressor plug-in. Ishmael wants to know. Favorite compressor plug-in? Uh, I know you're going to go with Universal Audio, right? Well, for, for doing parallel compression, I'm a big fan of the Fairchild. Fairchild. Uh, for, 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 for parallel compression. But I also love slapping the... Uh, it is the Shadow Hills Mastering Compressor. I love slapping that on the instrument right uh but the la2a is what i've recorded vocals through for eons that was like that's what they have at the magic ninja right and and, and at the lotus yeah the lotus pod that's what they had so So using la2 i need to get me one of those a hardware one or a software one oh i have software ones i need a hardware one right but you can see if you actually had the stuff with the unison technology in it you could actually use the come on man I, I, I know, I know. Let's not go there because you're going to make me feel like a bitch. All right, so Annie wants to know, uh, was it hard for an old school cat like you to go from cutting tape to the new school digital world? And I think I'm going to, I mean, I'll say, I bet it was just an evolution, right? Like it just, you kind of had to just stay with the times. Well, originally that we would edit with because when I was when I was getting into recording over at the disc it was like the tail end of analog with digital was just coming kind of coming into its own but a lot of the editing was done in sound tools which is just a two track editor so you would have to use basically the same techniques where you drop markers where okay I want to edit here and I want to cut here and I want to cut here and I want to remove this but then I want to save it to use for later and then close the gap or put like spaces in between it so it's kind of the same idea but it's just you know I'd already developed 
like kind of the mindset of editing well this has to go from point a to point b and then now with pro tools it's just way easier because you got multiple tracks where you can move shit around and back at the, when i first started the disc is when they had granddaddy pro tools i think it was pro tools 3 we had four tracks to work with but that technology to be able to I mean I can I came in the game at like Pro Tools 6 so well when when you could take stuff and take it off of that tape dump it into Pro Tools and then overdub stuff on top of that all in the digital realm dude that was fly shit at the time that was super duper dope right now 190 gazillion tracks and it's no end to it. You can do whatever and the fuck I've, you want. And I've run you out probably of, used all of them too. I've run out of voices with twisted <clears throat> twice. Yeah. So ninety-two tracks. <laughs> do you know what songs those were? Uh, one was the first one was from Independence Day when they they was with uh, Tech Nine, the one with Tech Nine, because everybody did like about a thousand vocal tracks. And it was a whole bunch of people on there, you know, Chris right. Calico and Twisted and everybody stacking their shit. And then seven, uh, it was a seven beat, so he had like 900 tracks of his. Right. Just, and he just ran out of voices at 192 tracks. Wow. And then for there was one for the new Twisted album that I ran out of voices with the system they had there. I know that when they mixed it, they were able to pull up all the tracks. But again, it was a seven beat and he's got like 70 some stereo tracks of his stuff and I mean Jesus that's why Christ. his shit sounds the way it does because he's got all this super duper fresh shit don't be giving his secrets away you can give your own secrets away but don't be giving his secrets away I'm just saying this shit's cool man I okay. can't give a shout out to somebody you, yeah you can give, it, you can give a shout out yeah man everybody else's shit is terrible man yeah, ain't like mine don't buy a seven buy <laughs> Fritz the Cat page yeah exactly no shout out to seven man he's yeah. killing the game right now but look uh, Stir Crazy wants to know Was I'm Different The song The Twisted song I'm Different Was it a sampled Or composed bass line uh, That Was Me playing live On that Simple enough answer I'm different I'm different I'm not like you Staples says he has The same Lead issue from Sinkers Yeah I can see that um, Let's see here Dave Adams said, Defect said, Smidge. That's true. I did. Uh, Luann says, I'm loving Omnisphere 2. What up, Luann? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, uh, B-Sinister B Sinister wants to know, was D a whiny pain in the ass when y'all recorded Mind Dissection? I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to ask that shit. Sure. Was I a whiny pain in the ass? No, you were, you were uh, pleasant to work with. Did... Did I ever tell you about the time the V Sinister came in and dropped his beats off of his PlayStation? Why don't you tell us about that? He came into the studio and <laughs> well, dropped his beats since off we're of, talking about V Sinister, you might as well off the PlayStation uh, MTV Music Creator, <laughs> was it? <laughs> MTV MTV Music Creator, yeah, we're keeping it real. Or Music Generator, Music, music Generator, creator. that's yeah, what it music was. Music Generator, yeah. yeah. Wow, well, this motherfucker wins a, a record deal with Psychopathic, and he walks into the studio with a TV and a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did everybody at Psychopathic think? Were they just like? That's dope, or were they like, "What the fuck is up with this guy?" Like, well, well how did that? It wasn't. Go? It, wasn't that it wasn't like there was a herd of people in the studio. Like, yeah, you know, it was like, okay, well, he came in, and I was like, "You're, you're, you're gonna what? We're doing what?" But it's like, whatever, you know. I had oh, I had 
crazier shit than that. Disc, man. Three o'clock in the morning, you'd have dudes blind drunk on Hennessy, you know. Yeah. What was hey, that dude. story you told me about Hush? I don't want to embarrass him too hard, but what, you told me a dope story about Hush. No. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it as identifying him, but I did, you know, work with Hush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there's this guy, what was his name? It was like Crush or something? No, uh, we're not, no, come on, dude. Okay, we can't, we can't, okay. we, 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 we can't do that. If, <laughs> okay, we, if you bad. hadn't, if you hadn't used his name, I would have told the story, but I ain't going to put him down like that, you know. My, my bad, you my got, bad. Um, but, but. <laughs> Hush, <laughs> Hush would bring in this uh, the friend of his, uh, Marshall. He would bring this dude Marshall Mathers in to do oh. some stuff with him. So you've actually worked with Eminem, and I worked with because the guy that originally I don't even know this. The the guy that I that originally that he was filling candy machines before I did. He got to hand the can, filling the candy machine gig off to me. He knew all the dudes that would hang out at the hip hop shop. Uh, that was Proof and the guys from D12. And so I got to meet Proof through through Eddie. Let me, let me just interject for a second and say, V-Sin is just trying to save face on the, on the comments. He's like, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. I just, I just... <laughs> hey, dude, he, he, he wanted to start it, man. You know, he could have he he asked a legit question. He Maybe we'll have V on here so he can, uh, he, can, he can blame you for how the album sounded. <laughs> so... Anywho, uh, so Proof would come in with his SP-1200 sampler, you know, and it was, and I could get, you know, I'm used to working with all the crazy shit, get syncing it up to be able to dump the shit on the tape, and I could do it quick, so Proof used to love coming in and working with me to do that, and he would bring in Eminem to, you know, to record on his stuff, so that's how I got to meet Proof, and through him, and this is just right before uh, Eminem blew up. But I worked with him, and I, I worked with a bunch of people over there. I worked with Anita Baker. We had uh, we had uh, 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 Buster Rhymes come in one time, and he was like, when I was leaving, he was laying on the couch in the like the out in the lounge watching TV, and I passed a guy in the parking lot who was going in. He's like, hey, well, hey, what's going on in there? I'm like, well, Buster Rhymes is you know is chilling on the couch in there, and he's like, yeah, right. And then I know he walked in, and he's like, holy shit, there's Buster Rhymes laying on the couch right here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's kind of what it was like when I, you know, when I started helping out at Magic Ninja. My first night up there uh, doing the very first uh, radio show. I walked up there and I turned a corner and there's Kane Hodder. And he says to me, who the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Kane. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't know Kane Hodder was going to be here today. You know, he was like, he was doing that uh, video shoot for one of the music videos they did. And the motherfucker actually uh, choked me out that night. He choked you out. He choked me out. Like, uh, there was something to do about his, they were going to call him for an interview. It was the first show they did. I think they interviewed Kane Hodder. And uh, they were going to call him because he wasn't, he he was off on set recording the music video. So they were going to call him and, or he was calling in. I don't know what the fuck it was. And George was like, oh, I don't want to give me your phone number. And he's like, what, this dude? And he grabs me by the throat and he puts me up in the fucking wall. And, he, you know, he's a stun guy. So, like, you know, he did it in such a way that I wasn't, it, it wasn't pleasant, but it didn't hurt me, you know. Uh, but, yeah, he actually knocked one of the posters off the wall in the 
off. Of. Anyways, that's that, that has nothing to do with anything. But well, what? don't fuck with Jason Voorhees. I wouldn't yeah. fuck with him. I'm just saying I know what it's like to turn a corner and see a motherfucker you're not expected to see there. <laughs> and that that was that was the time that that caught me off guard. But anyways, Dave Adam wants to hear a crazy Esham story. Well, I don't have a whole bunch of crazy Esham stories, but I have crazy stories involving Esham. I did a recording session with Esham's brother, James, who is his manager and the guy who ran the label. Right. He came in to the studio at the disc with this girl to do a session. And the dude is straight up legit, like not right in the head. And it was probably one of the most. And if you bizarre... if you if you question that, you can watch Isham had like a video series where he he showed his brother's lifestyle, and you could see that. But and it was anyway, and, continue. and he had, and it was like he 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 didn't want me to make a beat for him. He wanted to make the beat, but he didn't know how to make a beat. So he was trying to get a hold of Isham. Well, I'm gonna get E in here, and then you know he'll make the beat. So he's trying to make a beat, but he doesn't know how to make a beat. He doesn't want me to make a beat because obviously I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so it's this whole big circle of him not being able to do shit, and this girl just like, okay, well, what are they gonna do in here? So you know, and then another good Isham story was that he actually the last because he he used to record at the disc but then when he walked out with one of the mpc 60s under his arm and they watched him on video go out then he wasn't welcome to come back after he stole their <laughs> shit you know wait so, Isham stole it yeah walked right out as the disc yeah he just took the mpc and walked out walked out he Why just not? wasn't welcome there anymore it was not welcome there anymore. i would imagine so Okay, well, all right. is this incriminating information? Like, should we even be talking about this right now? Well, it's... Isha, I'm going to come find a, no, the school it, and, no, like, beat us down? Dude, it was a while ago, so it's long past. It's kind of long. It's Stat- water under the bridge. St- yeah, statute of limitations, man, you know. You, uh, at some point, you could talk about it, right? Right, but another interesting story about Isha, they, we, when we went to the gathering in Peoria in 2002... Uh, Steve Stitchmore had everybody, he made everybody these fresh ass leather jerseys, leather jerseys that had the hatchet man on them, leather, all leather, super dope, one of them was mine, last minute, they get Esham coming there, so, whose jersey do you think they gave Esham? (laughs) Yours. So there's a picture of like, everybody standing there all together. Everybody with their fresh ass leather jerseys and me with a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> That's epic, dude. All right, do we have any more questions? I'm not seeing anything else. We got uh, now's the time. Why don't you play a little bit? Oh, man. A lot of people chiming in, but nobody asking real questions here. Rock it out. Ain't nobody's business. Now, you actually uh, played guitar for The Wickedness. You filled in at, at some point, didn't you? There was a point where... Uh... Last year, I did three dates. We did Chicago. We did uh, the Agora in Cleveland. And then we did uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, and I got to play. And that was the first time I actually you know, got to play stuff that I had played on in the studio and got to play it live. And it was 
fantastic experience. And, and most of the it. crowd didn't even realize it was you. They just probably thought it was whatever. Didn't matter shit. to me. I wasn't there to be a face out leaping around, man. I was just there to play the shit that I had played in the studio. Because that's right. what George. That's was, the shit. George wanted me to do a show tape where it's like, well, just put the guitars back in. I'm like, well. Why? And he's like, what, are you going to play guitar? I'm like, I, I already did. I know all this shit's mine. So he was like, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. And so, you know, Jamie thought it was a cool idea. Paul thought it was a cool idea. So out I went to do that. That's and the shit. And that was cool. It was a very, yeah. very, very fun, man. Okay, we got a couple more questions now. Uh, so we got Staples says, what's your favorite genre of music, Fritz? one because it, it is it's like you know i hate to be you know hate to say that well you know i just i really embrace all types of music but i do i mean i grew up listening to heavy metal and then the drummer of my band his mom worked at a record store in ann arbor downstate and would send us this crazy punk alternative hardcore shit and I love that stuff. I loved, you know, and, and then when I was working nonstop on rap, that's when you were, you know, you get introduced to all that type of stuff. It's hard because I don't have, I don't have like a favorite thing that I kick back and listen to. Like, yeah, this is, you know, this is my shit. It's like, it could be anything. It could be Husker Du. It could be, you know, it could be Tupac and it could be, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I love it all. So there isn't, there really, really isn't a favorite genre. There's just right. like, you know, shit that's played with like passion. That's what I like. Right. Good songs played with heart. That's, 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 that's the wicked up. shit that, in a yeah, nutshell yeah, too. Exactly. So look, uh, let's play a couple more tracks that we're going to come back and close it out. Uh, play Play that one, dude. That one's that one's like a, a song that's been this around. For, yeah, that one's been around, and that one okay. I just mixed like this previous week. Okay, so we're gonna play uh, Troubled Minds, and what's that the, what's the name of the song? Yeah. Wake up. Yeah, wake up. We're gonna play Troubled Minds. Wake up, and then we'll play Defect, The Long Winding Road with my homegirl, Lisa Sear. I mean, both it, both it, of which you produced. And 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 again, this was all for the the aborted mixtape. The aborted mixtape. Yeah. Shit. Uh, that some of it was released, some of it hasn't been released. But right. you release yours. I released mine. Yeah, I was New Year's. Yeah, and this one is Year's. never. This one, the Troubled Minds, has never is been. A, is this a, is this a premiere too? This is a premiere. Yeah. Toxic. Is this a premiere? This is a world premiere coming up here. Tonight. It is a world premiere. Okay, so we're gonna play this new Troubled Minds song. Then we're gonna play my shit. And then we're gonna come back. We're gonna uh, ask answer a couple more questions. Get your questions in so we can a- answer the motherfuckers. And then I'm gonna reveal who's uh who's up next next month. Big show coming up next month. Y'all are gonna want to tune in. It's gonna be big and big, 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 big stuff. Big. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. The, the cat kind of, kind of set the tone. Um, so uh, Sir Crazy says that's how all Trouble Minds tracks should sound. The mix on this is how all Trouble Minds tracks should sound. I agree. That shit sounded dope. It sounded fucking dope. Like, and I, I just mixed that. Like I know. Why doesn't my shit sound that good? When was that? It was like Wednesday. I'm telling you, dude. I just got the ARC2 room correction software, man. That was a game well, Let's go back and remix all my shit now. Because, okay. damn. That sounded okay. dope. <sighs> what else do we got? Uh, there was a couple other questions that showed up here. Uh, I already lost them. I want to know, Stir Crazy wants to know, I want to know who Fritz has not worked with and wants to at some point. 
worked with everybody. I don't know who's left at this point. Uh, you know, I'd kind of like to do a session with Tech 9 That would be kind of dope. That'd be dope. Yeah, that would be dope. That'd be dope. And I bet, I bet you'd school some dope shit for him, too. You've probably touched something that Tech Nine did, right? Like, I mean, I've mixed some stuff that he's been on, right? But I've never, you know, I've never even met the dude, man. Right. So what's uh? So here's a, here's a question for you. This is what's next for Fritz the Cat? Like, what are you working on right now? Like in like in the the next month or so, what do you what do you see yourself working on that you could discuss? Well, obviously. here's well here well probably here's some the deal. Stuff I've you got can't discuss, that 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 you know I've done I've done just herds and herds and herds of rap stuff. I've just been within the last month been contacted by two different like bands like bands bands that want me to produce them to you know help with the recording help with the mixing and help with the actual production you know there was uh, one is Detroit Voodoo uh, that are local dudes that have been around been around for a grip and uh, and they just want you know want some help getting their sound together getting you know they want me to add add shit to it but they're but they're live they got live drummer guitar player bass player uh singer you know it's dope shit and i got i've got two tracks of theirs right now that i'm working on i'm, I'm adding stuff to i'm mixing it trying to you know develop the sound for it so i got detroit voodoo and then uh and then i got my homies out in the middle of bfe in michigan uh that I have been uh, chatting with uh, Death Pit. They're kind of punk thrash. We went, I believe we went and saw them. Didn't we go see them up here? Oh, at that, the Ritz? At the Ritz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they've got they've got a different it's not, lineup. It's not far from the school. Right. And uh, uh, it's <laughs> it's it they've they've I guess they've got they got some new members and stuff and, and they're interested in me helping them get their he said they've got like three albums worth of shit like ready to go. So they want me to go out there, check them out, and give them some ideas on how to get, you know, how to how to get, get rolling with it. So I got like two band things going on. Then I got, you know, I'm in the middle of I'm I'm just finishing up mixing Young Wicked's full length. I've Prodigal got son. shit rolling in from Lex. As a matter of fact, I was checking my email and I got some shit that he sent me that I've got to mix. Well, so don't, we don't be playing Lex. that for them. We don't want to get. You, I ain't you know, playing shit. And George would be calling us like, "Cut the stream." Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know what? I wouldn't do that to them. No, of, of course not. Do of course not. So, it, George. But there's 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 some shit going on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, I've been bugging you. I've been I've been trying to get back in the studio with you too. Yeah, I know. You, we you've were just gonna... been busy as fuck. Yeah, well, we were you're like you're like, oh yeah. Oh, one minute it's like, okay, yeah, uh, we can do a session, and then next uh, couple hours later it's like, oh, JV Madrax is recording today. I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm I'm chopped liver then. Okay, got it. I get it. I understand. I get it. It's part of the game. Hey, V, is this what you're talking about? <laughs> Passive aggressive shit like that. Yeah, that just like, came back around. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. Okay, now the ball's in the corner, V. How about you spit some shit? <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna happen. We're gonna get back in the studio. We're gonna we're gonna cook some shit up. I need I need to start working on this new album, man. And uh, I still gotta put out Resurrected and Remixed, which is. Uh, it's yeah, done. And, and, and we did, just got to mix it. Did, yeah, but didn't I be like, well, you send me the files and then I'll start mixing it. And you're like, well, yeah, I should probably do that. And then crickets. <laughs> crickets. I still got all that stuff, but I don't know if I got the... I don't you know got all the re- files. I don't know, but if you start recording mixing it, anything, now no, you got... No, it's all know, done. Now then, you've got your booth in the abandoned school that you can record shit, you know? You know, right at home. Yeah, we, we pretty much set up shop at this school. Uh, as you can see, there's like a little 
broken ass clock in the background over here. Yeah, man, that. is that is that doo doo in the corner? It probably is. There's probably some squatters. I, I thought I, I thought I seen somebody in the shadows over there, but whoever, it's kind of hard to tell with these well, lights. Well, whoever you know, squatted over there, man, needs to seriously get some whole grain in their diet. Probably, that's probably true. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's probably true. So you're working on some Magic Ninja shit. You're working on some uh, rock yeah, cause stuff. They got the, and... Yeah, because they got they got they got the the Year of the Sword thing going on, where it's like all everybody is. Eleven know, albums are putting out, right? Eleven different projects. Yes, that's nuts, man. What the fuck are they even thinking? Are they going to pull, pull they it wanna, off? Well, I th- I think that they had because at first they did okay. Well, they did the darkness, and then. There really wasn't, you know, they put out some some re-release stuff, and then it was Blaze. And I think it was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. So then all of a sudden, it's like, bam, bam, bam. There are EPs coming out, and there's new artists and shit like that. They just want to do it, you know? Speaking of which, you know what I'm really excited for? What are you excited for? Personally, I'm excited for the new RFC album. It's dope. I've heard it. I know. You probably did some work on that motherfucker, didn't you? I did, I did. I recorded some shit, you know. It is, but it turned some knobs, pushed some faders. But you know what? It's all being part of it, man. Everybody, you know, you can't, can't. Everybody can't be the superstar, man. You need a fine support team, and we have a great Magic Ninja support team from Eric and Sane E doing graphics for stuff. Right to Big Mike Winnegar. Holding the office down. <laughs> Just holding it down. In a death grip. In a death grip. He does. He's and you try to get out he of really line. Does. And you know what? And here's an interesting Mike Winnegar story for you. Oh, God. Back, I think he might be watching right now. You want to well, back, back be careful Well, back when here. I was working at the Lotus Pod, these kids used to come and park down at the Farmer Jack around the way and then walk up. And one day, these group of kids came and I was outside smoking a cigarette and they're like yeah hey what's up uh, you, you know you got any got anything in there like I was supposed to go in and loot the warehouse and bring them out jerseys and t-shirts or <laughs> so and, but I didn't want to be because those are fans because you can't be like what the fuck you're not fuck no so I would I, I, I wrote well, don't down be, don't be saying that because people are going to start parking outside of Magic Ninja like hey what you got in that dumpster over there well, you don't see, want that. Well, that's you don't want to do that because they people ain't gonna give. You, well, Phil will tell you to get the fuck out of his. <laughs> yeah, what the so, fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. Anyways, they're they're all locked. Anyhow, anyhow, that's, that's a topic different. Anyhow, anyway. anyhow, so a very young Mike Winnegar was there, and I and so I wrote down the main number on a piece of paper and gave it to him, and I'm like, call him back, and he said I called him back, and ain't shit for nobody answer the phone. But I at least wasn't a dick. He said he's still got, he's got a scrapbook of all kinds of shit. He's still got the piece of paper that I wrote the number down on. That's dope. That's I bet that's probably worth some money on the on the black market. So yeah, and so you never know. Because if I would have been a dick to him, and then now he's the man, the, the office manager up there. Can you imagine? Yeah. Make my. He would have been like, "Fuck shit, that! Yeah. You're not hiring." Fuck yeah! Fuck that guy! Yeah. Well, I you know, heard it's just he rapes puppies. What's that? Can't, uh, yeah. Well, wait. Hold on. Well, well that's that's, that's a bit much there. Let's let's really back in. But look. That's kind of like with me, too, you know, because back in the day, I would hit you up before I had any money, and I was trying to get you to work on my shit, and you're like, well, you need some money first, buddy, you know, 
like, well, Mo, you didn't say that, but I didn't have any money, so. I believe we had some we had, a, of, we had a hell of a long dialogue before I actually worked with you, you know. We, yeah, we had we had a discussion about how we were going to do your album, but then, you know, it came together. It came and together it was, after and that. It was a lot of, and that was when, really, the barter system came into its own. Yeah. Well, it happens. But as I was saying a minute ago, uh, so I'm really excited for this uh, RLC album, and why don't we just tell them? We're going to tell them. The uh, next show is going to be April 8th with the motherfucking RLC. That's dope shit. That's fucking dope, man. That's very dope. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. I'm, I've, I've been a big fan of the RLC since way back in the day. And, uh, I mean, I've been following them since I was in high school. Eight track. Coming in house crazy. That, that eight track. Oh, for sure, man. Port of studio, you know. For sure. So I remember. So start spreading the word, motherfucker. We're going to have the ROC in the building, in this motherfucking school, schooling all y'all motherfuckers on the wicked shit, talking about his new album, Digital Voodoo, and uh, that's coming up April 8th. That's, that's fresh, man. I don't even know how that happened. It just kind of came I together. What happened? Yeah. I got some applause. Hell yeah, that's going to be dope, man. I'm excited. Now that dude has I'm got... I'm fucking excited, got, That man. is Wicked 101 because he's in the thick of the shit. He is... I mean... I was on the He was also on the short list. I was on the fringes of it. He was in the thick of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was... Yeah. He's going to have a lot to talk about. I mean, not only his album, but we're going to talk some history with him. You know? Same we did with you. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's going to be a dope show, so make sure you tune in, and uh, we'll have more information uh, very shortly on that. But uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, anything you want to say? Any shout-outs you want to give, man? Like, what's, let's, it's your time, man. Let's, you know, what, what do you want to tell them? What do I want to tell them, man? Tell them to, well, first of all, let me let me say over here, you can see how, oh, I'm talking behind the troll here, but yeah. you can see his Facebook, his Twitter, his Instagram, and his website. So if you want to buy some beats, you can hit him up on there. Yeah, well, here, yeah, here's the deal, man. People are like, well, well I never really even thought, you know, do, 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 will you do beats for people? I'm like, dude, just hit me up. Hit me up. I'm, I'll Defect do comes first, Whatever though. for, we'll, we'll do, yeah, well, that's, again, <laughs> V. <laughs> well, you know, he doesn't have any time to make beats for Defect. Defect's album's never going to come out. <laughs> Don't be afraid to hit me up, man. Yeah, and it sure. doesn't matter yeah, what level you're at either, because if it's dope shit, I'll be more than happy to work on dope shit, no matter what. It's dope shit. Dope shit is dope shit. It could be, you know, you could just be starting out and just, you know, have a cool idea for something. And that's, and I mean, that's how we hooked up, you know. So. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, and I remember you from the the MC contests. Yeah, I'm like, that's the. Dude with the fucked up voice. <laughs> yeah, and that's like that kind of sucked up. That's there, with right? with you know? with uh, with Tally Demon and her whole crew. I mean, know? I've I've seen the marks. I didn't get very high marks from you, Fred. So, but I, don't, I, I, don't want but you to I remembered. I knew who you were. Yeah. I knew who you were. I remember who that was. And you'd come out and you'd school it. You know, you'd have people that come out and they'd and they'd school it. And you'd have other people that came out and they did not school it. Yeah. And I remember Rich Morell one time with one dude like tried to tried to get going and couldn't and Rich popped the CD out and broke it right there and it's like damn he was was pissed that the dude was like here's your opportunity to shine and you just can't like somehow get yourself together and all it was that bad that he broke the fucking dick yes and it's like gong show wow did that guy kill himself after that or i have no idea because we were be doing that shit for like seven or eight hours a day where it was not just non-stop person after person after person after person you sit there and you listen you hear a lot of 
cool shit and uh, some shit really wasn't all that cool. But dope shit. I remember you told me that uh, there was back back when they had the uh, underground psychos contest. And they, they they would send in all kinds of shit from all over the globe. And I've still got and, uh, I've still got the tracks from the one dude that sent shit in. And they what did they say? You you said uh, wasn't it? You said Shaggy was like Shaggy wanted to fly the guy in. <laughs> they were so bad. One. The guy was so terrible that Shaggy wanted him to fly him in and punch him in the throat so he couldn't ever speak or rap or do anything ever again plus he wanted to tell him bring all your homies who told you were cool because he wanted to beat the shit out of them forever telling them yeah that's great we'll be support with what you're doing because it was it, it's serious and i still have that shit and i still play it for people i played you it, send it lex. to me i uh, yeah i sent i sent it to lex I have it on this he, lex went outside to smoke a cigarette and i sent it to his phone and he listened to it and he came back in and he's like <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I just listened to because it's like I have I don't even that doesn't doesn't register it's so bad it's so terrible man Lex is cool as fuck man Lex is he's, he's a, a super dude. cool dude he's a, he's a good dude yeah so uh so what else what else we got to talk about uh we're, we're right at the end here man we're at 10 o'clock so uh oh, damn. well thanks everybody for tuning in man. hell yeah man I didn't get to play with much. Why, why don't you? Why don't you jam out a little, just a little bit more before we cut it? There really isn't a whole lot to do, man. You know, you already, you already... get a guitar. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just glad, you know. Well, I changed up the bass a little bit here. Can I, can I get that loop to play at the next episode? Like, I, I you need to like record that for because well, this is a pretty goofy little loop we got going. And that, and I mean, it's like with a little Yamaha QY70 sequencer and shit with a drum sounds on it or kind of whack and shit like that but it's a Korg MS2000R sound module man I got a little mixer I got my little Novation keyboard here you know it's got it's own little jiggy sounds and shit like that you need to cook this up for me like spice it up you know cook it up we serve can it talk, up man we can right. talk you can talk to my manager about that <sighs> so don't forget we got the ROC coming up April 8th Next, that's the next episode. We're gonna be back. I'm gonna, we're gonna share that on all the social media and all that kind of bullshit. You know? Cool. You're gonna, you're gonna share that too, right? I'm gonna share that too. Thank y'all, motherfuckers, for tuning in. And you can hit him up. You can hit Fritz the Cat up over up behind the troll here. You can hit him up. And uh, yeah, yeah. And the email is Fritz at ftcmusiclabs.com. F-T-C-M-U-S-I-K-L-A-B-Z dot com. Com. You're kind of creeping me out a little bit. Why is he just staring at me? Lead paint. Lead paint. <laughs> Brain damage. Trauma. Head. Trauma. Head. That's right. We're all going to jail, man. Yeah. Until next time, I'm your host, Defect. This is Fritz the Cat. We love y'all motherfuckers. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night. Peace. I turned it back on so you can hear the claps. A lot of clapping going on. The crowd's loving it, y'all. The crowd's loving it. All right, we'll be. We'll talk to y'all later. Have a good night. <laughs>